This week's podcast brought to you by Exuberation. Our daughter has been rehearsing for the first ever school play, and she has a uh, cameo in it, shall we say, and it is Godspell. But they had a hiccup the other day in rehearsals. Rehearsals were canceled because some leads were absent, and then the leads returned a couple of days later, and rehearsals were back on. And I asked our daughter if everybody was back in good health, and she said, well, uh, Judas was sick, and Jesus was at Disney. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. The first 10 years of The Tonight Show with Jenny Carson are not on video. NBC recorded over all of the tapes. And uh, until they moved to L.A. in 1972, those 10 years, they're lost. Lost history. Imagine all of the hilarity and uh, show business fascination. Gold. Gold. And uh, I mention this because we recorded an entire podcast last week that uh, was unairable. Yeah, we... um we had issues with our sound card, and so we tried to do it a different way, and that just produced more issues that we didn't know until we finished the podcast. So we had this... You were echoing. Yes, I was echoing, and no one wants to hear me twice. Most don't want to hear me once. But yeah, it was just unlistenable. And uh, As it usually is, but in this case, it was <laughs> technically techni- unlistenable. Yeah, it was a technical glitch. And producer Denny Gallagher said if we did it that way again, he was looped in on some three-way Zoom kind of thing, that if we did it that way again, you and I would have to be in separate rooms, which was appealing to you. Right. But I, but, uh, but yeah, we couldn't do it that way. So we've, we've since replaced our sound card. We think everything is functioning the way it's supposed to be, but who knows? Maybe in 45 minutes when this podcast is done, um, it will also be one we have to scrap. And and this time of year, we can't we can't have those. We no, can't it, spend forty five minutes to an hour recording a podcast, and then the tech is wrong, and we have to do another one. We just don't have the time. So, it, so let's let's get into it. If let's you're hearing this, it. this was successfully posted, and there was a lot of I don't remember what anything anything about last week's podcast. No, I, the one thing I re- oh go ahead, I'm sorry, no, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. You. What was the one thing you remember? I was going to say the one thing I remember was we were talking about. The upcoming weekend and the busyness at work, and we had two children playing for, uh, or on teams playing for a state championship and in, in for basketball in Connecticut, and we were we talked a little bit about sort of the parent angst that that brings. I remember that it was brought to you by Vax Merstappen. That's right, it was, and that I had been listening to uh, Van Morrison's Crazy Love in the car. After you had told me some anecdote about AZ Fudd, and I could, I could only hear now Van Morrison's "Crazy Love" singing as AZ Fudd. Fudd, 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 Fudd. AZ Fudd. Yes. Yes. Those are the only two things I remember, and and those are probably two more things than I remember from any other podcast. So you know it had to have been comedy gold. I'm sure it was. But let's get into it. What what uh, what what do you got for us this week, Rebecca? What do I got? Well. 
since last week's was lost to the universe. Um, we are done with the first two rounds of the women's NCAA tournament. The f- first two days, um, for those of us in studio, are ridiculously long and busy. We start at like 11 a.m., we end at midnight or 1 a.m., just do- doing halftime and stuff for, for games all day long. Let's so Saturday, our daughter's game was at 3 o'clock, and our son's game was at 8.15. And um, and I asked my amazing boss at ESPN, Pat Lowry, after our daughter's team won their semifinal game, I just said to her, you know, my daughter's playing for a state championship. And almost before the words could come out of my mouth, she said, well, you have to be there. And uh, and they made it they made it work so that I could go into studio, do a couple half times, and then leave and drive an hour down to the Mohegan Sun um, to watch our daughter's game. What I did not know, what I did not know, was that they also had somebody at the arena, an ESPN person who was filming my reactions to what was happening on the floor. And um, no one needs to see those because I have 100% turned into my mother and um, every emotion I'm feeling is either on my face or you hear it as I yell. As much as I try to stay quiet, I fail. Or on my face because I think at one point there was a photo of you punching me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there was not that. Um, no, there was, There, uh, but but anyway... Uh, I don't. Not, did not I punch you in the face? You, you, you were you were waving your fist, and, and your fist appeared to be. I don't. I don't have any recollection. I I, I blacked I, out for most. Of at the game. no point did my my fist come into contact with anything other than air, um, but it may have looked like that in the photo. But um, but I also didn't know that the game was being streamed for anybody who wanted to watch it, and um, they had gotten it. They were streaming it in the studio. So when we're in studio and there's three games going on or four games going on or however many that we have a monitor bank of like six monitors and there's a game on each one. And I guess they had our daughter's game on one of those um, for Drea and uh, and L to keep their eye on as well. It was very sweet. So it was very sweet. And uh, but anyway, so the next day when I was back in in the studio. Um, we were talking about I don't know Iowa basketball or something, and all of a sudden they uh, we came on and they and they showed some of the highlights from our daughter's game, which was um, incredibly sweet and cool. Um, but one of the things that before the tournament even started, that I'd I'd pitched an idea to our features department that you know like parents um, about doing something on parents and their reactions because any parent who is watching their kid play, like you're going through an entire roller coaster of emotions. And it, what triggered the, the idea was um, watching Liz Kitley's dad when uh, when she hit a game winner against North Carolina and uh, Ralph, I believe his name is Ralph Kitley. He played basketball at Wake Forest. Um, he just had these incredible reactions in the stands and, uh, and parents throughout the tournament will. And... Um, and so we're going to be doing something on agony. that. Oh yeah, of everything, and uh, and so we're going to be doing something on that. Hopefully for the final four. But uh, but anyway, we were living that a little bit uh, last weekend. And the girls won. And they won. I think people were curious to know oh, what yeah. happened so in the game. They were but. down nine at the half and uh, had a thirty-point third quarter. And ended up coming back and uh, winning the championship, which is which is even more the roller coaster of, of emotions. If you come out and you're either blown out or you blow the other team out, it's sort of a smooth ride. 
And um, and w- when we got down big in the first or second quarter, down nine, whatever it was, I'd sort of resigned myself to, ah, oh, this is a bummer. They made it this far. What a great season. But it's, this is a bummer. They're not going to come back and win. Well, the other and, team uh, was, was The other team was really good, good. yeah. You lose to the, a team that's better, yeah, yeah. so be it. Well, exactly. And that's sort of where I was mentally. Um, and then we started waging this comeback. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. We can, our, our, our girls can actually win this game. Um, and they did. And it was just, it's cool seeing the kind of you know just raw and real joy and exuberation on 16 15 17 year old kids um after that game it was neat and then there was a uh, another game involving two teams that we had nothing to do with when we went off wandering the the uh, mall for food then we came back and the boys played uh, a nail-biter heartbreaking uh, state championship game that they lost by two and as a result when we left the arena in separate cars but all the kids as usual wanted to ride with you um you drove our our daughter who had just won the state championship whose team had just won the state championship and our son whose team had just lost the state championship uh, home in the same van so you had uh, very different joy emotions. and and, yeah. and uh, despondent and our our son was in just in the back of the car you know upset of course and um and to his sister's credit, as you know, she was sitting in the front seat. She didn't really talk about, you know, her stuff. I think, well, first of all, she doesn't talk a ton, but also I think she, out of respect and understanding that he was in a different place and uh, emotionally than he, she was. Right. He then. and his team played uh, five hours after, five hours later than she did. So he was on a bus um, down to down to the arena while she was playing her game. But she was in the student section cheering on the boys' team during yes. his game, Yes, uh, which was cool. And um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that just a few minutes ago you used the word exuberation, which while while not a word is is a great Did I say coinage. exuberation? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. I it's didn't like, say exuberant? Well, the noun would have been exuberance, I think, but... Come over, come over, come over, and now punch me in the I'll face. For I'll real. have to. I'll have to listen. I don't remember using that word, but, um, but, but the only reason perhaps I, I did. The only reason I mention it is uh, it's it's a great combination of jubilation and exuberance. And if it doesn't exist, it should. It does now. That feeling should exist as well. I was at the grocery store this morning and had a conversation with um, the two women in the checkout line that. Um, I never thought I'd have with anyone, also including people at the grocery store. So I was buying false eyelashes. Uh, when I'm working in studio, the makeup girls, um, who are amazing, will put false eyelashes on me on occasion, and I like the way they look. So I, I was buying a pair, and the woman who was uh, you know, scanning the groceries at, was started asking me about them. And she and the woman who were bagging the groceries, we had a long conversation about false eyelashes, how to put them on, the most effective way to remove them after you've been wearing them. And um, it's sort of comical because I, the only time I ever wear makeup is, uh, for the most part, when I'm working on TV. Like, I didn't have any on when I was having this conversation, but I was just laughing, thinking, I am here giving eyelash and makeup tips to these to these women uh, who are working at the grocery store as if I have any idea and know what I'm doing. So 
Anyway, that was a conversation I did not expect to be having this morning at 8 a.m. or whatever it was. I just love the f- phrase false eyelashes, false as the descriptor. Right. False teeth, false eyelashes. I mean, that's not something if you were – I think you, it's probably time for a rebrand. If uh, if you were marketing these things for the first time now, you probably wouldn't have called them false eyelashes. I don't, Eyelash they, enhancements. Is that what they called them on the package? I bet that – I'm not sure. I'll have to look. But I bet it should be, right? Eyelash enhancements, chopper enhancements instead of uh, – False implies some kind of dishonesty. I right. mean, it is dishonest, I guess. But right. it, it – it, it, says it right there on the package. Right. And the and the ones I was purchasing are the ones that look very natural. Like a lot of athletes now wear ones that look like you could take them off and sweep your floor with them. That's not what these are. These are like much more enhancing. These are these are these are than they are false. They're 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 closer to true eyelashes than false eyelashes. They're they're somewhere yes, in between. They're somewhere in between. And and you might ask you buy your false lashes at the grocery store. Actually, I asked the the wonderful makeup girls at ESPN what kind of eyelashes if I'm going to get them on my own. They told me the exact kind, and they had them at Stop and Shop. So imagine that. What do you think? I would you can look- go to Stop and Shop for your dairy creamer, your vegetables, and your false lashes. <laughs> do you think I would look good in false guy lashes? <laughs> I should try some and, on and, you at some point. And would would our uh, resident? Uh, Eye care expert George in Columbus recommend. Uh, is there any harm? Can any harm come ocularly well, to your false I eyelashes? Was, I was actually having this conversation with Andrea Carter in studio because I said to her, like, you know, it's just been the last couple of years that people started wearing the really heavy and long eyelashes. And I said, you know, I wonder how long it will be before we know if there is any medical downside to these. Like, like will um, eyelid you know, eyelid plastic surgery become an even bigger thing um, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, after we, if there's, if there's any well, repercussions from I, wearing the heavy lashes. Or on the contrary, the health benefits, because eyelashes protect your eyes from dust and, and you know, floating particles. They're the rim protectors of the, of the anatomy. And they may have, maybe. Who has the greatest eyelashes Natural eyelashes you've ever seen. I I know the answer. Uh, the greatest natural eyelashes. Yeah, I, I mean have. they may they might be false eyelashes, but Who I don't think it? so. Snuffleupagus. Oh, the picture. <laughs> You're absolutely right. The greatest ever, and that's what some of the lashes look like that are being worn by female athletes these days. They're they're, they're snuffle snuffleupagusian. Yes, they're snuffleupagusian. <laughs> Forgive me if you've already mentioned it. I'm asking for our, our viewers, but also for myself. Where are you going, and and when are you going there? <laughs> I leave tomorrow. As evening, we record this on a as we Wednesday. record this, I leave Thursday evening to head to Seattle to do that region. So uh, I am not doing the games on Friday. Those are being done by I believe Steph White and Pam Ward. So Friday I will be meeting with teams and coaches that are playing on Saturday. I'm doing those games. And then I, so I'll attend, I'll meet with teams and coaches Friday morning. Friday, later in the day, we'll go to games and watch as a spectator. Saturday, I will be calling the Virginia Tech-Tennessee game. I believe that's the later game. And I will also be calling the UConn-Ohio State game, which is on ABC. The Virginia Tech-Tennessee game is on ESPN2 later in the evening. Both of them should be incredible games. There will also be two games 
um, taking place in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday and Saturday. So Friday and Saturday, there will be four um, Sweet 16 games being aired on e, uh, ESPN's Family of Networks. On the Family of Networks? On the Family of Networks. Do we, does the ball and chain, we got to get a ball and chain Family of Networks. We should. I just want to say at some point, uh, like they do in baseball radio broadcasts, uh, you know, thank you for joining us on, on wherever you download your podcast and on the Ball and Chain family of networks. Yes, for sure. That's our that's our next goal. We've got a ton of viewer mail, Rebecca, a backlog because uh, of our of our lost pod. So, shall we get to it? Let's. We shall. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, first viewer mail comes in from comes from um, Susan Susan in Columbus. Hello, Susan in Columbus. We Su- know that you are related to George in Columbus because we also answered this email last week. Oh, we in, did. We read the these po- viewer mails in the podcast. Some of these viewers' mail has since evaporated somewhere, and I have no memory of what it was about. I know that's the beauty of it. Here we go. Here we go. Dear Rebecca and Steve, George noted that on your January 12th podcast, Lori asked whether DGS had ever had sisters deliver on the same day. You then asked if listeners had other coincidental birth stories worthy of Ripley's, believe it or not. Here's my contribution. Richard Dasher was my paternal great-great-grand, was my paternal great-grandfather. So now there's there's an attached Ripley's, believe it or not, newspaper clipping. Uh, Richard Dasher of Marysville, Ohio. Father of six children, all born on the holidays or holiday eves. Minnie, born on New Year's Eve. Wilfred, born on Christmas Eve. Uh, another kid, born Francis, born on Decoration Day Eve. Clarence, born on Thanksgiving Day Eve. Anna, born on Independence Day. Philip, born on Mother's Day. Uh, I remember this viewer mail because we didn't know what Decoration Day Eve was. And it was. Uh, then we looked it up and it was um, Memorial Day. Decoration Day is Memorial Day because that's when they would decorate the um, graves of the, of the soldiers. And interesting. Decoration Day Eve, DDE, has the same initials as Dwight David Eisenhower. Mm, yes. Um, uh, Susan says, I'll, I'll admit, Decoration Day Eve and Thanksgiving Day Eve are stretches. Who among us doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving Day Eve? <laughs> I think that's the biggest uh, uh, drinking night of the year. Right, when, isn't when, it? Yeah, for, for, like uh, for college students yeah. who are coming back home. Please note the lovely names, including Clarence, Minnie, and Wilfred. My mother's side of the family beat that with Phoebe Drusilla, Nundis Arden, N-O-N-D-I-S, Beulah, Bessie, and an in-law named Cinderella. The Cinderella will get me every time. Do you call and, her Cindy or Ella? Right, exactly. Uh, I don't know. What would you what would you call somebody? Like say you named your kid Cinderella, would you would it be Cindy or Ella? I think I'd go with Ella. You'd definitely go with Ella. I you think you so. just have the the Rihanna song umbrella Ella 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 ringing in your head. Yes, right? That's true, yes. And man, every March Madness when she fills out a bracket. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Cinderella story. Oh right. I have no idea. By the way, there was a story in the New York Times yesterday about tall people, exceptionally tall people, who um, didn't play basketball mm-hmm. and constantly being asked this time of year about having played basketball. One guy in there, a seven-foot guy, I think it was, who didn't play basketball, 
his standard response is uh, when asked if he played basketball, he said, no, did you play miniature golf? <laughs> Dear Rebecca and Steve writes, Karen, happy March Madness, the time of continuous games and melted meats. One, pardon me for the late commentary on the celery discussion. What was the celery discussion, Rebecca? It was how when you buy a head of celery, if you're using it to make tuna or whatever, a lot of the stalks go limp before you use them. But some people say they can, you know, well, actually not some people. We have been able to get like small containers of pre-chopped celery. Is it a head of celery? Is that what I said? Yeah, I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. I mean, if I said it, then it must be. Sure. Exuberation. (laughs) Attached is a photo in the produce section of our local shop, right? They have a bin of loose celery stalks, carrots, and parsnips so that you can take only what you need. Have one, take one, need one. Have one, leave one, need one, take one. I'm guessing you still pay for them, but that's a great idea. Loose celery stalks. I mean, just, just you know, if you just want a single parsnip. Right. Why not? Right. But celery is one of those things that you add it to recipes, so you might only need a stock or two at a time. You generally do. Two, it was good to see Dave O'Brien calling the Iowa-Indiana game. It brought back memories of when Dave called so many women's games, love his insights, and, of course, his play-by-play. He was he did that game with you, right? Yes, he did that game with me. Ryan Rucco was doing um, an NBA game, so O'Brien did that game, and he's phenomenal. And uh and we had an, an incredible game and a game-winning shot and a big moment for him to call, which was fun. And I was still alive, Indiana, out of the tournament as we as we speak. Yeah, Indiana upset a one seed, upset by Miami on Indiana's home floor. Um, great game, great game, and that was that was a definite surprise upset. Just like Stanford, number uh, number one seed was upset by Ole Miss on Stanford's home floor. That was. Um, that was crazy as well. That was a, an exciting, good game, too. Uh, three, yes, Andy from Durham, my husband. So two two uh, opening uh, viewer mails from uh, spouses of regular contributors. To I the like podcast. that. Yes, Andy from Durham, my husband and I do go to the Durham Fair each and every year since we moved to town. Many of the local nonprofits and schools have booths to, fun- booths to booths. fundraise. Booths. 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 A what? A ute? A booth. Booths. Booths. And schools have, have booths to fundraise. We have volunteered our time with these groups as well as with the local ambulance corps that helped keep the fairgoers safe. Thank you for your fun podcast, Karen. Karen, thank you. And there are, there's a photograph, Rebecca, of loose celery and parsnips at ShopRite. Nice. Our next uh, email comes from uh, ooh, Teresa, the critter sitter. Oh, hey, Teresa. Teresa writes, hello to you both during March Madness season. Greetings from a completionist and your resident pet sitter. I attended the SEC Women's Basketball Tournaments in Greenville this past week, as she wrote. I was so excited when I heard that Rebecca was going to be here for ESPN College Game Day. I made the trek to the arena. For some reason, I thought I would be able to listen to the broadcast while I was there. Unfortunately, that was not the case. I really wanted to say hello to you, Rebecca, while you were there at the arena. You were very far up in your studio, and I did not want to bother you while you were working. I loved your shoes, and I especially loved the video on Instagram. I actually had glanced up while you were making the video. Selection Day is going to be a blast this year. It is now a blast from the past. And here's a fic- picture, Rebecca, of you on the studio set, a shot from behind. That's one. That's from the studio set when we did game day, um, which was outside the arena. And uh, hopefully she was able to hear that because that was definitely broadcast to the people who attended. Um, game day was an hour-long pregame show. And then the, the Instagram video I did was from inside the arena, and I'm guessing that's the set that she could not and, and, um 
get over and to. There's there's a, like a, a moat of 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 security and uh, and German shepherds separating yeah. you from the from the, the yes. fans. Yes, that's exactly right. Hannah from Khan College is our next hey, correspondent. Hey, Hannah. Hannah writes, hi, Stephen, Rebecca, long time, no correspondence, or whatever the correct word is for that saying in this case. Hope you both are doing well. I was watching the first four of the March Madness Women's Tournament tonight and thought about how Rebecca's work must be ramping up. It is now fully ramped, would you say, Rebecca? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 we're no longer on the on-ramp. We are on the superhighway. On the topic of March Madness, I'm curious if either of you know the answer to a long-standing question of mine. Why are all the play-in games, or first four as they're now referred to, not fighting for 16 seed spots. Seems wrong that teams that are fighting for an 11 seed aren't just bumped to 11 and 12 seeds and everyone else shuffles down. Doesn't that potentially leave a good team in a harder position by having to play more games even though they earned a higher seed? I've never understood that. So usually um, two of the games are between teams that are fighting for the 16 seed and then two other games um, you might be fighting for an 8 seed or a 7 seed or something like that. Um, I also do not understand it. I will ask our resident bracketologist, Charlie Cream, to explain it further to me. Um, But I guess it's teams that are on the, you know, that are outside of the top 64, but they're not 16 seeds. Um, They're still worthy of a higher seed than that, but I know that it doesn't intuitively make sense. And probably doesn't make sense non-intuitively either. Yes, correct. In other news, writes Hannah from Khan College, my college life is coming to an end, but with a huge bright spot. I'm going to be working for the Connecticut Sun during game days as one of their interns this year. Yay, Hannah! Congratulations. That's awesome. It's a part-time position, but my dream is to work in the WNBA, so it's a hell of an opportunity out of the gate. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to stop by and say hi again at Mohegan again sometime this season. Rebecca, best of luck with the madness. That's great. And you know... It's um, so great. As she starts working at... uh, Connecticut Sun games. Our kids have been to so many Connecticut Sun games growing up. Um, you mentioned it at uh, on Saturday that you will never, th- you know, see that floor, those benches again, without thinking of our kids. Yeah, because the state championship, there. they use the Connecticut Sun's floor. It's not like they put a different floor down. They used their floor, and. Um, Forever, when I'm watching a Connecticut Sun game, there's a certain area of the floor where our daughter hit a couple of threes, and um, I will always think of that moment when I'm watching or calling a game from the Connecticut Sun uh, arena. Uh, Tim writes, Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I'm writing from the chilly western suburbs of Chicago, ah, where I was born, Rebecca. Yeah. Lyle, Illinois, Elmhurst Hospital in Elmhurst. Uh, I am a longtime listener, first-time writer, completionist wannabe. He, he initializes that, LT. L-F-T-W-C-W-T-B. I hope to, that's long-time listener, first-time writer, completionist wannabe. I hope to get to all those episodes I've missed, but I'm also enjoying being a currentist, a currentist by ah, listening to the latest Ah, that's a new bonds. one. I like it. Enjoy your work, your friendly banter, and your calm demeanor. I should have seen you on Saturday. Listening to episode 238, which includes a discussion of persevere versus persevere, I'm reminded of the familiar versus familiar discussion. Familiar always makes me think of friendly dogs and cats. How can we help people remember the proper form? Sorry if you've already discussed this on prior episodes, but as I've alluded to, not eluded to, I am not a completionist yet. We have never come up with the familiar versus familiar mm-hmm. versus familiar. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that word? Familiar. Familiar. Mm-hmm. Not familiar. No. Does anyone pronounce it familiar? <laughs> I don't know. 
What, how do you or does pronounce anyone pronounce it famil Your Famil. What are we family? doing here? <laughs> we are family. Keep up the great... Uh, Thanks for the chuckles and smiles you've provided while I fold the laundry or mow the lawn. P.S. Keep your eye out for a player joining Indiana University's women's basketball program next year. Her name is uh, Lane Beaumont. She's a six-foot guard with great handles, passing ability, shot selection, and most of all, attitude and selflessness. She comes from the western burbs of Chicago. I talked with her dad. Great kid. Great family. Oh, yay. I love when I have, like, extra reason to, to root for or watch a kid. And a cool name, Lene, L-E-N-E-E, and he helpfully provides a pronunciation key, as we've asked people to do in the past. Lene Harper was a player who played at Kentucky years ago. PPS, suggestion on keeping the celery fresher. As soon as you get home, rinse it with super cold water, then cut the celery up into sticks. You can later either use them in recipes or eat them for snacks. Okay, I like it. Greetings one last time, Stephen Rebecca, writes Chris in Cheshire. One last time. Are we, uh, what an exciting weekend of basketball must have been in your home. Send my congratulations to your daughter and her teammates. What a tremendous run for their team, and what an exciting game the boys must have had based on the score. It was an exciting game. Unfortunately, we had we had the lead and, and lost it and lost by two, so it, was, uh, it wasn't a comeback that just fell short, although we were coming back uh, at the end. Um, but... Uh, but it was it was quite a ride. And now Rebecca can breathe a sigh of relief as she comes out of the stands a bit and she only has March Madness, the WNB draft, and the upcoming season to worry about. <laughs> right, exactly. Thanks for the weekly glimpse into your lives. Regards your residence, something or other, and completionist Krish, 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 Chris in Cheshire. You say that, Rebecca. Chris in Cheshire. Chris in Cheshire. Or Krish in che- Cheddar. <laughs> Uh, Celeste writes, congratulations to your daughter on the Northwest girls basketball team. Thank you, Celeste. We appreciate that. Um, Lynn in Florida writes, just wanted to congratulate your daughter on winning the Class A-S championship. It was also great to see the joy of her parents when she hit that three-pointer. I can only imagine how great a feeling that was. And I remember you talking just a few weeks ago about watching the joy of a college parent reaction to his daughter making a game-winning shot. It's funny because, uh, thank you. We just mentioned uh, Ralph Kitley's response again on this podcast. Uh, I'm currently watching the Women's NCAA Tournament. I'm amazed but not surprised that no perfect brackets exist after only one and a half rounds played. Loving the parody in the league and hoping for another Final Four for UConn and possibly championship number 12. Um, you're a loyal listener and completionist, Lynn in Florida. It's funny, Lynn says that that three-pointer um, that, that our daughter hit when, the one that they showed on ABC that they surprised you with. They should put, they showed both of them. They were two different ones, yeah. but they look they look identical. Identical. They're from mm-hmm. roughly the same spot. It's only our reactions which are which distinguish them. Yeah, one of them's a uh, reverse pivot. One's a, f- a forward pivot. That's how I distinguish. Them. Well, I think I think they showed you once when she was at the free throw line, and you were you had oh, your right. head in your hands, and yes. I and I had my phone t- taking video of the of the the scoreboard of the video from the scoreboard because they were showing her from head on from a baseline right. camera. And um, I was proud of her, not only for the threes, but she hit, she was four for four from the free throw line. That was, and they were important in that, in that stretch. Yeah. Hello, proud ball and chain writes, uh, Deb. I spent last Saturday in the stands at Mohegan. My town's girls team played in the 10 a.m. game and won. Congratulations. Congratulations. Deb. Exciting. Congratulations to you and your daughter's high school team on their state championship. Your daughter was a huge catalyst for that comeback. I'm thrilled that you were able to be there in person. It was a joy to be a spectator. I told my friend that if they could keep it to a 10 point halftime deficit, I was confident they could come back. Now, she, Deb was confident, Rebecca. I'm glad Deb was confident. I You're was skeptical. not nearly as confident in, now, our, in the nine-point deficit. Now the college madness can continue. Go Huskies. Thanks, as always, for sharing your experience with your faithful followers. Thank you, Deb. And finally, Rebecca, 
uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, who we must have read this last week because it came in as uh, his with his usual uh, punctuality, and um, but I have no memory of what he said. Not because it was not memorable, but because of all that. Well, that's how we week. got into the uh, Vax with his. I think with you his had a mis- report, misspeak in in reading this email. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel, well, the egg is certainly on my face after my gigantic senior moment last week when I reversed Edward James Olmos' name into James Edward Almost. James Edward Almost. He, 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 he just said James Edward Almost. We made it James Edward right, Almost. Right, exactly. As I listened to the podcast, I wondered, where did that come from? When Steve got to my report, I cringed as it was obvious that I must have made a mistake. Perhaps I'll proofread a bit more moving forward. And by the way, it's Sunday night as I type. Don't proofread, Dr. Siegel, please. Yes, no. I mean, we, we need the... Uh, Occasional typo as fodder. That's right. Edward James almost was great in Miami Vice and in Battlestar Galactica, and I'm sure he was practicing his craft in the intervening years, albeit off of my radar between the two shows. Regardless, I press on with my list. Well, he was in that, that movie where he played the school teacher, right? Of course, yes. That everybody remembers. I don't remember the name, but... One, how lucky was friend of the pod Holly Rowe to attend both the UNC Chapel Hill women's softball game and the Duke at UNC men's basketball game in the Dean Smith Center, a.k.a. the Dean Dome. The sky was Carolina blue, but alas, both teams were defeated. Two, the baby report from work is meager, no deliveries over a quiet weekend, which is always welcome. Having said that, due to the morning's Formula One race in Bahrain, discussed below, I did not have a chance to watch women's college game day or the 1 p.m. game that I believe Rebecca covered. Rebecca, much as much as um, as Dr. Siegel uh, ignored much of the quote intervening years for James Edward almost between Miami Vice and Battlestar Galactica, he he seems to skip over much of your oeuvre uh, when he's when he's busy either delivering babies or watching F one. I can't blame him. He's doing important things. He remembers you from the '95 uh, college championship game. And he remembers you from uh, last year's NCAA final, but has no idea what 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 transpired in between. Good. He's been busy living his life and and delivering yes, new life exactly. to the world. Three, the Bahraini Formula One Grand Prix was a good race with double world champion Max Verstappen on pole with teammate Checo Perez in P two. They finished in the same order, notable for this first race of twenty twenty three. A, 41-year-old double world champion Fernando Alonso has not been with a winning team since he was with Ferrari in 2014. He's now with a vastly improved Aston Martin team from which Sebastian Vettel, four-time champion, retired last season. Uh, Alonso drove a fantastic race, battled a neatly passed seven-time champion Lewis Hamilton in in the works Mercedes. B, Ferrari gonna Ferrari, as we all say. The story team is fast. The storied team is fast like last year, but had a failure in the race. They have not produced a championship since 2008. Carlos Sainz finished fourth. Ferrari gonna Ferrari, writes Dr. Sainz. They are, yes. C, Mercedes team boss Toto Wolf. That's a name. Why wasn't I born as Toto Wolf? Tota? Toto, T O T O. Toto, yes. Wolf, W O L F F. Toto Wolf. I was born as Lobo. sort of Rebecca Wolf, yeah. yes. Toto Lobo. Toto Lobo. Now there's a name. Mm-hmm. Mercedes team boss Toto Lobo has basically said that they got the car wrong last year and that the package is unlikely to be competitive this year. A non-competitive package, Rebecca? Yes, we don't. We, we prefer a competitive package. D, the French, all-French Alpine, with two French drivers, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, had mixed results. Gasly climbed from last place to score points in ninth, but Ocon took on several time penalties, including incorrect positioning 
incorrect positioning at the start and speeding in the pit lane, among others. His car was retired. Speeding in the pit lane. Yes, you're not allowed to speed no. in the pit lane. Four, while we were away in New Orleans last week for Mardi Gras, we also were there to look after our four-year-old granddaughter, who, along with her parents, welcomed an eight-pound, ten-ounce, healthy little brother into the family. Yes, congratulations. Congratulations, Dr. Siegel. Eight-pound, ten-ounce, healthy little brother. I mean, Ooh, talk that's, about it. That's not little, though. Eight-pound, ten-ounce. Oof. Well, if Dr. Siegel doesn't comment on the size of the baby, who would know better than the relative size of... Well, no, of, of his course. I'm just saying The relative of, size of his relative's baby. I think our biggest child was just around eight pounds, and that was plenty. <laughs> but but this, here the man goes on vacation to Mardi Gras, and I, work comes up. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing he, uh, he planned to be there for the birth of his grandchild. Do you think he planned to be there for the... He goes to Mardi Gras every year. So do you think he planned to be there for the I birth of his grandchild? Or the, or the birth was planned? I think the birth was planned. To coincide planned. with Dr. Siegel's exactly. uh, uh, French Quarter... That's what I'm going with. Uh, ...debauchery. That's all, Rebecca. I hope this one stuck to the, uh, to the sound card, because if it didn't, we will have had two lost podcasts. After a week off, it'll be our first time where we've gone a full month without a pod can't do that to the people no so podcast to the people rebecca denny gallagher thank you tom dick hari please play us out saying says no pain no gain and we found that to be fat the road might twist and turn a bit but we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane